0: You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey church family, welcome back to the podcast. I am so glad that you took time to tune in today. Our podcast today is a devotional podcast. We're going to continue reading through the book of Acts on Sundays we're studying the book of Acts together so that our church can take the gospel of Jesus Christ follow the nudges from the Holy Spirit and engage God's mission, no matter what comes our way in the context of our culture. So joining me on the podcast today is our worship pastor, Christopher Smith. So if you listen to the podcast and you are not a Carterville Church member, you should come and you'll meet Chris any Sunday on the platform as he leads us to engage the Lord. I asked Chris to help me with today's podcast because the content well, it's very interesting, but I also think it draws near to the concept of God's holiness and his worship. So anyway, Chris, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: Man, I am glad to have you. So we're in Acts chapter 12. Um for the content that Chris is
1: going to deliver today And I'll just turn the reins over to him Sure, well a lot of times when we think about Acts chapter 12 We think about the story of Peter's escape from prison But bookending that story in the book of Acts Is, is another story uh, That is it's, it's, it's part of, of, of the story of Peter's escape from prison um, But it's specifically about King Herod And uh, and honestly his demise so, um, so I want to read with you um, from chapter 12 starting in verse one. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who, were belong, who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw this, that this was met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to, the, to be guarded by four squadrons of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And then I want to skip down to verse 18 to continue this story. In the morning, this is after Peter's escape from prison, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. He had been quarreling with the people of Tyre and Sidon. They now joined together and sought an audience with him. After securing the support of Blastus, a trusted personal servant of the king, they asked for peace because they depended on the king's country for their food supply. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, This is the voice of a god, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. Wow. (laughs) But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Yeah, so wow is right. Um, So some may think and ask themselves, did Herod get what was coming to him? And we might emphatically say yes, But I think about this, that Herod was not being punished because of, uh, he wasn't being punished by God for the terrible things that he had done, for the persecution and for all of that. The problem was that after his speech, the people held him as a God and he didn't deny it. He allowed himself to be placed where, where God should have been. And I have to ask, how often do we do the same thing? Although we would never phrase it that way, how many times do, do we let people or things or activities uh, get put in the place of God? Perhaps we all deserve to be eaten by worms and die. <laughs> but God is a deeper, broader, and farther reaching than we can possibly imagine. So instead of taking pleasure in bad things happening to the famous, the arrogant, or people we don't like, maybe we ought to concentrate on the ways that we can put God first in our lives.
0: Wow. So I'm processing this, and you, you know, you mentioned Chris that it didn't look like God was responding directly to the bad things He did. He's responding to the moment when Herod takes worship for himself. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that? Like in my in our culture, you know, we would look up and say, "All right, Herod just killed James. He's a bad guy. Didn't die. That's right. He wants to kill Peter. Arrested him. Didn't die." But when Herod put himself in God's place and allowed folks to worship him, that's when God said, "That's enough. That's enough. There's no king of the Jews that's going to behave that way, and I'm not going to hold you accountable." Yeah. And, boom! Wow,
1: the straw that broke the camel's back.
0: Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm thinking about like a week in my normal life, when uh, you know, when maybe am I am I ever undervaluing worship, the character of God? Am I ever accidentally allowing other good things that God created um, to take too much of His spotlight? And I'm also thinking about every Sunday morning when we gather together for worship. You know, like, how important is it for me to give my worship only
1: to God? Absolutely. And how many times do we let our preferences get in the way of worshiping God? You know whether whether the music's too loud, or we don't like that song, or we didn't sing enough hymns, or or the uh, the person that's leading isn't isn't wearing the type of clothes that I want them to be be wearing, or something like that. There's oftentimes that we we put ourselves and our preferences where God should be.
0: Okay, so I don't know if this is like I don't know if this would square up theologically. Like I'm not sure if I could teach this in seminary, right? But this is something I believe, Chris, is that. I think the biggest challenge in our spiritual life is our own selfish pride. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge in worshiping God is our own selfish pride. Mm -hmm. So we want to worship things or give our devotion and affection to things that promote our status you know, maybe it's a hobby that we're great at or a skill that we have, you know, and, and those things, you know, feed into our status. Or for some of us, maybe it's just our preferences. It's like, so I'll flip this around on me, right? So um, when we gather for worship and I'm in front of the church and I'm opening my Bible and I'm preaching to people, some weeks it's good, some weeks it's probably average. But, you know, in the in my sinful heart, my pride would want me to enjoy that spotlight and even would tempt me to say, you know what this is really about? When this is over, is anybody going to say, oh, good sermon, good job, Ben, right? Mm -hmm. And if I put myself in Herod's place in this story, you know, when when these ambassadors were telling him, oh, you're a God, you're a God, and he didn't say time out, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Stop. That's too much. You know, he he took God's spot. So I'm sitting about sitting here thinking about myself in our worship. Okay, I'm I'm committed to never taking God's spotlight. And now flip the script and put me out in the pew. You know, while you're leading worship or somebody else is preaching or any of us are sitting out in the pew, and our preferences start to rise up and we think I'd rather have it this way. I'd rather have this. I want that. Don't. And we start to build worship around ourselves and our preferences. Not exactly the same thing. Here did. But I can see how the, the one thing is a reflection of the other, you know, that my selfish pride wants me to craft worship for me. Right. Not God
1: well and I think also if we if we turn the page and, and, and away from um, from the subject of worship and what we do on you know in, in our, our our quiet times and worshiping the Lord but when we think about our everyday lives and how often you know good things are going on and, and, and great things are happening and there are accolades coming our way when we don't turn around and give that glory to God publicly, mm. You know, it, 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 I think it goes in, in our in, in our daily lives as well as in our worship life. And hey, that's
0: convicting. That's a good point. Something I learned in this passage that you brought up great is just the character of God. Like God cares a great deal about worship. Mm-hmm. And in this particular passage, he was, again, he was not going to let a Jewish king take worship that belonged only to God. Let's give credit where credit's due. And so, you know, for, for us, because we've grown up in church, right? Like, I've been in church since I was born. It's easy for me to think about Sunday mornings not in the framework of this is worshiping God. It's easy for me to, to you know, bring that down to a framework of my religious routine. Oh, I'm going to church. We're going to sing songs. We're going to hear a sermon, and I'll decide if I liked them. Mm-hmm. And this passage just shakes me a little bit and reminds me that God cares very much about his worship and how he's worshipped.
1: Well, and what a testimony that would be in the workplace when when something good comes your way and you you publicly give the glory to the Lord and and what a testament that would be to those that that might see you and think, well, he just worked really hard for that. That's right. You know, uh, I, I think that would be uh, that, that's a great way to to show your devotion to the Lord. And I've seen some people who
0: do that well. Like, okay, so I have seen people who do that with some false humility. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just I mean, you can tell it's a little bit fake. But I've seen some people who do that and really mean it. Like they really are grateful to the Lord and they really recognize that He is God And
1: people will know the difference. Absolutely. So I want to
0: encourage our listeners today of the podcast that let's be those kinds of people. Let's make sure that we worship God alone, That we and, and let's make sure that we don't fall into the trap of appreciating self-worship, pat, too many pats on the back, or making the world about us. Let's give God the worship that he's due. Let's be devoted to being good worshipers. And when you have the opportunity this week, let's direct the world's attention to the one who really is good and who really does deserve our affection and our praise. Chris, thanks for putting together the devotion today and leading the dialogue. I really appreciate what you did. Absolutely. Thanks. Church family, if you enjoyed this podcast or you want to share it with someone, I'd encourage you to like it and share it so that we can get the content from God's word as far as we can into the ends
1: of the earth.